Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Megan. It is so good to have you here. Hey, Julie. I'm so glad to be with you today. I know. And I feel like you've been like popping up in my world for a while. I mean, I, your dad was my boss, I guess, <laughs> many, many years ago. He was a lot of people's bosses right. many, true. many years ago when I worked at Thomas Nelson and he was the CEO there. But um, most recently, just through the work that you're now doing with him, which we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today, but um, just having your voice and your messaging within that. Um, I've had a lot of people that are like, you really need to talk to Megan. You need to talk to Megan. You need to, and I was like, well, I am excited that I finally get to talk to Megan. So Yay. with we that are. said, yes. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, how you got into working so intrinsically with, with your dad and yeah. most importantly, really creating your own brand and audience and mm-hmm. business and community under that umbrella. Yeah. It's been so fun. I think like a lot of things in life, um, I kind of fell into it, uh, not on purpose at the beginning. Um, in 2011, I adopted two boys from Uganda and I thought for a hot minute, I was going to become a stay at home mom (laughs) that lasted for about nine months. And I thought (laughs) a hot minute, I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to need something else, uh, to kind of like get me out of toddler land because they were toddlers when we adopted them. And so I went to work for my dad part-time and I kind of thought that was all it was going to be. I thought I kind of had left my marketing career behind and was going to make a a transition in the season. But instead, uh, my role just kept mushrooming. You know, about every six months, I would have a whole new set of responsibilities and eventually became the chief operating officer um, around 2014 and have been that ever since. And in the last couple of years, have really focused on building my own platform and brand kind of under our Michael Hyden company umbrella, which has been really fun because it's enabled us to reach a different audience than um, we had when it was was only my dad. So we have a podcast together called Lead to Win, which we love, and we do lots of things together. So it's been a great journey. And speaking of that audience, who is it that you serve? Well, we serve uh, successful but overwhelmed high achievers and leaders, which I don't know about you. I don't but know any of days, those. Yeah, I don't know any of those. I'm raising <laughs> my hand to that one, right? We're, we've all been there or are there, and we're all about helping people uh, win at work, but also succeed at life. You know, that's mm. kind of our distinctive is we call that the double win. We want people not just to have amazing business results, even though that's super important, right. but we want people to feel like they're actually succeeding in the rest of their life with their families and their mm. health, their most important relationships, their other passions, you know, because if your success comes at the expense of those things, then is it really worth it? Mm. So how do you I don't know if measure is the right word, but that is the first word that came up. So Mm -hmm. I said it. How do you measure that or um, streamline that in a way that that brings that balance to that overwhelmed yet awesome leader? Yeah. Well, um, I think a few ways. First of all, it really comes down to focus. You know, when you're focused on too many things, you're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. We've all been there, you know? Um, And that generally comes from not having clarity around the area where your greatest passion meets your greatest uh, proficiency, you know, where you drive results in your business. And so we tend to do all kinds of things where we either have 
some passion or some proficiency, but not really an intersection of both things. And we're doing all kinds of things. We're doing, we're trying to do it all. And there's just no way to do that. But when you get really clear and focused on where you add the most value in your business and where your passion is, um, then you can narrow your focus to just a handful of things and um, kind of like eliminate, automate or delegate the rest. And I think that's really what we show people how to do. Mm. And you show people how to do this. I mean, through the planner, of course, which we're going to be talking yes. about today that I yeah. love and I actually use myself and I actually gave it it's to awesome. my COO and our content manager mm-hmm. and our customer support manager. Um, but then also through the coaching program and then I'm yeah. sure, you know, through the podcast, I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's all synergistically happening there, but That's right. if we could kind of workshop style, walk me through this. If I was someone that came into your world and I was like, Megan, I, I am, I am that woman. I am successful. I am overwhelmed. I've got, you know, four or five different revenue streams that are running the business. Sure. I've got the, the employees, the, this, the, that, or even if you're just starting out, you know, I've got mm-hmm. all these ideas, Yeah, you know, right. on top of having the husband and the wife and the dog and the cat and the life and all of those <laughs> other things, what is kind of that that step-by-step system to at least mm-hmm. start clearing out the, the clutter so you can yeah. take action instead of just right. thinking about it all day. Absolutely. Well, okay. Step number one, you talked about the full focus planner. Um, and that's where I would point people as kind of ground zero. If you are overwhelmed today, um, getting your hands on the system in the full focus planner is really going to help you because what it does, instead of being a method to help you get more done, it's really a system that's going to help you get the right things done. The things that are going to move the needle on your most important projects and goals. So um, it was going to help you get clear on what are the three goals that you need to be focusing on this quarter? Not the 12 goals, <laughs> but the three, you know, because you can only focus on so many things and really make progress at a time before it gets overwhelming. Right. Um, then there's going to be a connection between those three quarterly goals. And those are part of, of course, a list of annual goals, which we recommend you don't have more than 12 of those. But then those are going to be connected to the outcomes that you need to achieve on a weekly basis. And again, we're going to recommend that you only identify three of those. Like if you only accomplish three things this week, what would, that, what would you have to get done to make major progress on your most important goals and projects? And then on a daily basis, what three tasks are going to help move you toward those weekly objectives? So it's just like really baby steps. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, in my experience, and when we talk to our clients and customers, things just kind of get quiet when you start to do that. When you think in those um, blocks of three, all of a sudden, the other 15 things on your list, if you get to them, great. If you don't, it's not going to keep you up at night. You know, you know you've accomplished the most important things. And I want to kind of dive deeper into that and what you said about goals, because the, the thing that I see happen a lot of times with our listeners, with my students, with the women in my community, is that they will even get hung up on whether it's that I'm afraid to make a mistake or perfectionism mm-hmm. or analysis paralysis or whatever you want to call it. Totally. But they'll say, okay, I've got 10 things I need to focus on. I don't want to make the wrong mistake and pick the wrong three. Yeah. What would be your advice to someone? I mean, because sometimes I'm like, just pick three. And right. then you're going to figure out if it's the right <laughs> no, ones or not. That's right. But is there any other kind of insight that you may have on, yeah. on that with, you know, okay, I may have 10 million things that I have to do, but these are the three things I'm going to go full force on and why? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I have a lot of empathy for that because I'm a perfectionist and I struggle with that too. You know, I really can get in my head about things and get stuck trying to make the perfect decision. So I understand that. 
Um, I think just giving yourself permission to know that you don't have to make a perfect decision. Mm. When you set your goals at the beginning of the year, we encourage you, um, there's something in the full focus planner called the quarterly preview. And in that uh, preview, we want you to go through your list of annual goals each quarter and say, are these still relevant to me? You know, does anything Mm. need to change? Like maybe I set it too low. Maybe I set it too high. Maybe I'm not even going to do it anymore. And I want to replace it with something else or just get rid of it altogether. That's fine. I mean, I don't know about you, but like life happens, you know, I may, I I have a baby. I was telling you at the beginning, I adopted a baby that I wasn't even thinking about a year ago that is now in my life and has changed my whole life. Well, that has an impact on my goals. You know, they're different than they were in January before that baby. Uh, was born. So um, I think for all of us, just kind of baking in some flexibility and just cushion of, you don't have to get it perfect to make progress. You just have to like move in in the direction of what you want. Mm, I love that you mentioned that because I do feel like we can get so rigid Mm-hmm. in our idea of, you know, it has to be this way, or That's right. I've got this thing perfectly planned out. If anyone messes with my day, if anyone yeah. changes anything, <laughs> but there really is a, a beauty in the softness and like, yes. how, how much more can you kind of soften the edges to this? Mm-hmm. Um, which then kind of leads me to my next question. When you start to put the three goals down and you're starting to kind of fill in the flow and you're making that happen, are there certain indicators that you are making progress to that next step to then kind of add on to those other pieces? Because that's kind of the next Mm -hmm. thing that people ask me is like, well, how do I know if I'm working too long on something or if I'm working too much on something? Um, That sort of thing. Well, okay, just to back up for a second, you know, I think uh, when you're setting your goals at the beginning of the year, you want to uh, give them a deadline. And we recommend that you don't give them all a deadline of December 31st, because that means <laughs> you're probably working on them all year, because then instead of having three goals a quarter, you really have 12 goals that you're mm. working on all year. And that's so overwhelming. I mean, yeah. it's important to remember that when we're working towards goals, we also have to do the whole rest of our life. You know, we got to get dinner on the table. We got to pick the kids up from school. We got to, you know, file our taxes and whatever plan our content calendar, you know, whatever else you've just got to do to keep your business and your life running. So you got to keep that in mind. So when you're setting the deadlines that can help you decide which things you're focusing on in a given quarter, you want to have some things that are due at the end of the first quarter and the end of the second quarter and the end of the third quarter. And you might have three goals that you will be, you know, kind of working on a little bit all year. That's okay. But you just want to make sure it's not all of them. So I think that can help the decision-making process a little bit. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I want to kind of shift gears similar to what we're saying, but more on more about the audience and what they're looking for. So you Mm -hmm. mentioned the full focus planner. Mm -hmm. If there is someone who's listening today and they're like, okay, I have a goal out of my three. And one of them is to create a new something for my audience. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a program. Maybe it's a membership. Maybe it's a planner. How do I know what to create that they are wanting from me? Mm, That's a, that's a really good question. Well, I don't know, um, you know, if, if you do this often, I bet you do. But when I'm thinking about what we're going to create for our audience, I think about a few things. First of all, I think about where I get stuck. You know, I think of myself mm, yeah. as kind of like the lab, you know, yeah. or, the, or the lab rat maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, I, that I'm testing this stuff on myself and my team and they're testing it on the people in their world. And I want to hear like, okay, what are the problems? Where are you stuck? Or where can we make this faster, or easier for you? And so that's the the first thing I'm really thinking about. Um, I'm also thinking like trying to put myself back in the place of where I was um, when I was at the beginning. And many of the people in our audience are kind of at the beginning of 
their journey to productivity as a leader. You know, they're scaling a business, but kind of more in the earlier stages of scaling a business where we're in, in the later stages of that. I try to remember with empathy, what did that feel like? Where was I overwhelmed? You know, um, and I think that can be helpful. The other thing is uh, surveys can be really helpful. In the past, we've done this through Facebook groups. We've done it on Instagram. Uh, we've done it through email surveys. We've just polled our audience. And as it turns out, people have a lot of opinions and they tend to be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we forget that just asking yeah. You know, just asking. And I right. loved all the tips that you gave before that, because a lot of times when I say, well, just ask your audience and then someone will come back and say, well, I don't really have an audience. And I'm like, well, we all start from somewhere, right? Right. Like, you ask know, your so girlfriends, ask your girlfriends, ask your mom, ask your sister, right. ask, you know, ask yourself as you yeah. were saying, try right. to put yourself in their, in their shoes because there, mm-hmm. there has to be some form of engagement and action happening for That's you right. to take that next step. Um, So thank you for walking us through how you've done that. As creators, we often don't have a huge team to build our business, but that doesn't mean that we have to do it alone. Kajabi gives you all the tools that you need to build a profitable business. Kajabi is your all-in-one platform for digital products. Designed for creators to create, market, and sell their digital content, no matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. Now, there is a reason why Kajabi has been the go-to place for over a decade for so many creators. And you guys know how much I love data. You hear me talk about it all the time on this podcast, the importance of analytics. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates. With Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates, all built in. The best part? You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $6 billion. Now we know that running a small business is no feat but our friends at JustWorks are here to make it a whole lot easier for us. JustWorks software automates HR for both employees and admins. As a reliable and flexible platform, JustWorks earns back time so you can focus on running your business with big confidence. Signing up is a breeze. In just 30 minutes, you can set up payroll that streamlines paying your team, saves time, and mitigates errors. And it's desktop and mobile friendly. Plus, you can get ready to pay yourself and your amazing team in as little as two business days. That is the kind of speed and efficiency that we need as small businesses. You can even integrate time tracking and benefits that support running your small business with ease. Don't miss your chance to get one month free by visiting justworks.com influencer. Secure the limited time offer and start letting JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at justworks.com slash influencer. Um, I want to talk about challenges for a moment. So mm-hmm. I had asked you before, really, 
you know, what is, what is a really big challenge that you see business owners face? Yeah. And I loved what you said, and I would love for you to kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit more about this, that you said that most successful business owners tend to get to a place where their success threatens Mm -hmm. the most important priorities in their lives outside of work. So it kind of reminds me if you ever watched the movie, the devil wears Prada. Yeah. um, Yeah. Andy, they're like at at central park at the photo shoot. She's like talking about her relationship that's ending. And he was like, Oh, well then your business must be booming right now. And so he he was talking about, yeah, how it was like, when your business is doing really well, then other things are starting to kind of falter. So you were right. you were saying that they really come to a place where they must make what feels like an impossible choice, yep. black or white. So mm-hmm. kind of walk us through through that of, of of what that looks like. And and if someone is struggling with that today, is there a balance? How does someone get to quote unquote not have it all, but have it in a way in mm-hmm. which um, inspires them? and really brings joy into their lives? Yeah, I think that's a such a good question and such an important question because all along in this journey, we are, are building a life that hopefully we want when we get there, you know? And if we're not thinking about that at the beginning, you can end up with a lot of success, but not a life that you really want. Um, you know, I kind of had this moment of decision myself when, uh, as I said earlier, I'd been working with my dad for a while and my responsibilities kept growing. And eventually he came to me and he said, you know, I want you to become our chief operating officer. And I knew that traditionally, I mean, that's like a lot of travel and a lot of time in the office and all that. And I, I just thought there's no way with these uh, boys that we had just adopted who had some special needs, there was no way I could say yes to that, you know, and I was going to have to choose what was good for my family over my professional potential. And I happened to go to this event and hear a woman speak. She was like 15 years ahead of me in her career. She was a very successful CEO. And she said um, that she left her work every day at 3.30 PM so that she could be home with her kids after school. And I just about fell out of my chair. You know, it was like mostly men in the audience, you know, so like it was probably did not land on anybody else. Like it landed on me. But I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a thing. You know, my whole head exploded. And I really determined at that point, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, that's, that's going to be my commitment too. And I'm not suggesting, by the way, that everybody listening, that that needs to be their commitment. I'm just saying for me, that was what, what really resonated. And I knew in order to do that, I was going to have to make, um, I was going to have to do work differently. I was going to have to do business differently. But I think it starts with saying, what do you want? You know, Mm. what does it look like for you? Not just to win at work. That's kind of the easy question to answer. Mm. How much money do you want to make? Uh, How big of a team do you want to have? But what does it look like to succeed in the rest of your life, in your marriage, with your kids, um, in your community, in your health? You know, what does that look like? And once I think you have that in mind, you can go to work on getting creative about how to make that work. But here's what I see happen all the time in our culture is either people do what I was about to do, which is kind of like pump the brake on their ambition, you know, and they just shut it down. And honestly, women do this a ton. And it's really sad because there's so much talent that gets kind of taken out of the game um, because we, we feel like that's our only choice. Mm-hmm. Or we fall into this hustle fallacy, you know, where we think, okay, I just got to go faster and harder and just like double down. And that equals burnout. And that's where you end up losing your marriage or you're distant from your kids or you get sick. Like you just can't sustain it. Mm-hmm. Burnout. And that's where you end up losing your marriage or you're distant from your kids or you get sick, like you just can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that actually in a lot of ways can keep us small too. People use that as an excuse. It's like, well, how is that serving you by doing that? Right. Like, is is it, 
is it allowing for this thing that you've made up and told yourself, you mm-hmm. know, be true, you know, yeah. it's like, how is that really kind of keeping you con- constricted and, and small? In kind um, of in either scenario. I mean, I exactly. think, you know, whether you kind of opt out or you go so in that you sacrifice other parts of your life in either way, you're losing something that's core to who you are. That's really valuable. Yeah. And I appreciate you walking through that. Cause I think that so many of those listening today can relate to mm-hmm. that for sure. And, and many different variances. Um, so I want to dive into some mistakes. Um, yeah. Cause we all make them. <laughs> oh yeah. And I know it's so easy just to look at someone on a website or on social media and be like, Oh, they just woke up like this. No, no, not that way. <laughs> Is there something that you had to learn over and over and over again, or maybe just once, but just with something that maybe you were afraid of or something that you were just like, I, I am just like, I just keep making this mistake, but this is something that is vital to like my business and what I'm trying to grow. And so I've just got to figure this out. Did Mm -hmm. there ever come a moment like that for you? And how did you overcome it? Absolutely. So first of all, I have made so many mistakes. Um, Anybody on my team could tell you that. I try to be really honest about it because I feel like I'm probably not going to stop making mistakes. Hopefully I make different ones over time, but um, but yeah, that's just a given. Um, Yeah. So I think one of the biggest mistakes I made, and this really came out of a place of fear, is that I have been terrified my whole life of public speaking. Now I'm not talking like, little butterflies before you have to get up on stage. I'm talking like build my life around this fear, scared, like debilitated, clinical, probably should have been medicated on and on and on. I mean, like seriously, Seriously. yeah, utterly terrified. Um, So if you're listening and you have that fear and maybe like me, you have a ton of uh, shame around it. Like I spent years, I would never even want to say it out loud. Only my husband really knew. And, you know, I'm leading a team of 40 people at this point, a whole executive team. Nobody knew. Um, it ran my life. And I think the mistake in that is that I really kind of believed the lie that there was no hope, um, that this would always be, it's like a curse. I mean, honestly, is what it felt like. It had kind of been with me since high school. I sort of had a traumatic experience in high school, giving a presentation, you know, and that's like more than 20 years ago now. And it's, it kind of got lodged in my identity as being true about me. Like, I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. The problem was as my role kept increasing, it was more and more necessary for me to like literally and figuratively get on the stage. <laughs> and I almost made that choice again of I'm going to make myself small so I don't have to feel that horrible feeling that I feel, the terror that I feel. And um, so this all came to a head, you know, it was like f- years ago, I should have dealt with it, but but I didn't know how and I didn't know if I could. And, and so um, like a, a year and a half ago, my team came to me and they said, okay, we want you to speak. We were doing a big event. We want you to speak and, and do a keynote. And I, and I felt like it was kind of that moment where I was going to be outed. Like I couldn't say no, mm, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just was like, okay, awkward, nervous laugh. <laughs> you know, I just said yes. And, and then I'm like, crap, now I have to do this, right. you know, like, how am I going to do it? So this was about six weeks before this event happened. And, and by the way, I should say, this is a keynote in front of 800 people. Like mm. I've never spoken <laughs> since high school. And now I'm going to speak to 800 people, you know, as like the keynote. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sure. Why not? Well, go not a panel. No, not a pa- no. Keynote. Right. And I had done panels and podcasts and stuff and that was okay. Right. It was just like being up on the stage by myself. It was terrifying. So I said, yes, six weeks to go. I got to prepare. I hired a speech coach. I talked to an anxiety uh, doctor. I mean, I, 
I was doing like affirmations. I was using essential oils. I was like anything and everything that I could do. And honestly, Julie, this is the truth. It was the most miserable six weeks of my life Mm. getting to that point. It was torture every day. I had nightmares, all this kind of stuff. But I was like, I got to do it. It's let's do or die. So time comes, it's time for the speech. The day before I go do a sound check, I had a complete panic attack on the way home, like had to take medicine. It was awful. Ugly cry, the whole thing. (laughs) The next day I wake up, it's time to, you know, go get hair and makeup at five in the morning or whatever. I go, I, it's time to give the speech. It went perfectly. Mm. Like could not have gone any better. It was like the, the fear and the power of the fear was all in the preparation. Mm. Once I got to doing it, it was actually fun. I did it again, like another six weeks later to 600 people is great. I've done it since I've got two keynotes coming up next week that I'm doing. Um, and it's not that I don't get nervous anymore, but it's like not debilitating you know? And what that means, I think the lesson is what that means for my business is huge. You know, my business, just like if you're listening to your business, you need to be on stage, whether that's literal or figurative, like your story and your voice matters. And when we listen to that fear inside of us, it keeps us small and it keeps other people in our audience from having the benefit of what we have to share. You know, now I get to go tell the story, which is kind of great because there's probably somebody listening that feels exactly the same way. And hopefully they're encouraged. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. And um, I can totally relate. It's, it's crazy how it's, there's so much goes in. It's like what we make up and tell ourselves about Mm -hmm. this thing and how terrifying it is. And totally, you know, who are we to do this? And they're going to know I'm a fraud. (laughs) This isn't enough. And, you know, I should just go home and put on Netflix and eat ice cream because that's comfortable, (laughs) you know, but, um, but it is, it's, it's amazing that once you just kind of rip that bandaid off, it really does show you the power that you have. Um, and again, it comes from that that action piece that you were like, I can't control or predict this outcome. I'm terrified, but here I am. I thought, well, I'm either going to do it or I'm going to die trying. And I think just making that commitment to do it, even before I saw how I was going to do it, I think is important because there's something about uh, once you've made a commitment that the resources start showing up that you Mm -hmm. need both internally and externally. And I think most of us, I certainly know this is true for me. Like, I kind of want to feel courage. Like, I want to feel brave before I do the brave thing. But, but courage is really the result of brave action, not the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And mm. I wish that wasn't the case, honestly. But no. it's true. It is. It's so true. It's like that idea of, um, it's, I think it's a Chinese proverb that um, they say that children bring their own bowl of rice meaning that they bring their own contribution to the family yeah. and to the, cause everyone's like, Oh gosh, another child. Like, ah, you right. know, am I going to have a child or am I going to have another child or we can't have another child? What were we thinking? And then it's <laughs> like, yeah, but each child brings their own bowl mm-hmm. of rice. So in th- this way, it's like each opportunity yes. brings its own That's so good. bowl of goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since I am all about habits and routines and goals for the new year, let's talk about healthy eating. Now, obviously, this is a hot topic for so many of us right now because I know that so many people are looking to revamp their eating habits in the new year. But I think so often we fall short because of a few things. One, it can be really time-consuming to cook fresh meals every day, especially as a parent. Two, it can be time-consuming and difficult to prepare and go to the grocery store and just have all the ingredients that we need for the week. And so if you're anything like me, what tends to 
happen is that we fall back on old habits of just ordering out all of our meals or snacking around meals or just grabbing whatever we find in the pantry and not really giving our bodies the nourishment that we need. But a really simple solution that I have found for the new year is HelloFresh. Whether you want to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Imagine having farm-fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep, no grocery store chaos. Also, what I love about HelloFresh is that everything comes pre-portioned right to your doorstep, which is a huge perk for me because of the time savings, and there's less hassle and less wasted food. Another perk with me because with two small kids in the house, it is so easy for us to waste food and that drives me crazy. And even if there are nights where you barely have any time to cook, what you can do is check out their lineup of 15-minute recipes, which are amazing. These are great for those nights when you're just trying to catch up on all the duties and you just need a healthy but quick option. I made a really good chicken dish the other night and they also have some good vegan options. My husband is also gluten-free, so they have something for everybody regardless of what your dietary preferences may be. And this is huge for so many of us as I know. Now here is the big news. HelloFresh understands the breakfast game and how important getting protein first thing in the morning is. So HelloFresh is giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. Yes, you heard it right. A free breakfast item with every single delivery. I mean, who wouldn't want to wake up to that? We all know the importance of breakfast and getting that protein fix in the morning. And the fact that I just don't have to think about it just made HelloFresh a no-brainer for me this year. So that means you will enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash influencer free and use code influencer free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while the subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash influencer free with the code influencer free. Check it out and find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Um, all right. So I want to dive more in to the planners because again, as I mentioned, I use them, we use them in, in our business. Um, awesome. I have the bold line, which I love. love. It. It's like so good. chic and like Thank a little you. bougie, but in a good way. I love that. <laughs> it like, is a little bougie. Yes, but it's fabulous. It's very, you know, fashion forward. Um, so walk us through that. If someone, you know, likes to write things down, likes to write goals, likes to journal, whatever it is that they like to do, and they've never seen a full focus planner, what Mm -hmm. can they expect and what are the results they're going to get from using it? That's great. Well, first of all, you may be like, um, paper planners, like what is this 1996? (laughs) Yes, it is. And I am sign me up. I'm so there there for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you're like an all digital person, here's why paper is great. And if you're a paper user, you already know this, but, um, it's a way to eliminate distractions because so often I know before I was using a paper solution, I would go to my phone, you know, to my task manager and I would just like end up on Instagram. I don't even know what happened. I'm there. I'm lost. I'm looking at shoes. And I was supposed to check something off my list. You know, it's like, you just get lost in that jungle. Yeah. How did this happen? How did this right. happen? How did I get here? Um, so I think that paper enables you to kind of create quiet and focus uh, before anything else happens. So that's that's the first thing I would say. Um, the full focus planner is not just a planner though, it's a system. And it's all about connecting your annual goals to your daily actions. So the first thing you're going to see is a list in the front for your annual goals that we were talking about earlier. You're also going to be able to put um, the goal detail. So that includes 
when the goal is due, what kind of goal it is, what your next actions are, just sort of like your little mini action plan that's going to be able to be uh, part of that. We also have something in there for your daily rituals. So this, I don't know if you're practicing this, but this is um, as a, a professional and as a mom, I love this. There's a morning and evening ritual. So mine is very minimal at this point, but it enables me to just kind of start my day with intention and focus. I plan my day. I do a little quick devotional. Um, I go on a walk. You know, the whole thing, again, is short because I'm in a, a busy season of life with a new baby. Yeah. Um, and then there's a similar uh, evening ritual, but then there's a workday startup and shutdown ritual so that you build in time in your day that you're not in meetings or creating content or things like that all day long. You have time to um, answer email, make phone calls, um, use Slack. I don't know if you guys use Slack. We yeah. have Slack in our business. And if you don't build that time in, then what happens is you leave you leave work, even if you don't leave work because you work from home right. and your head's still at work, right? It's, yep. it's just really overwhelming. So that's going to be part of it. Um, and then we're going to get into your, what's called the weekly preview. Now, this is something that I love that I do religiously every Sunday. Uh, this is where you're going to plan your week. You're going to count the wins that you had from the previous week. Mm -hmm. I love this part because uh, it's really easy. We were talking about perfectionism earlier to sort of look back at the week. First of all, you forget what happened and you rarely remember the good things, but you need to, as you're preparing for the next week to kind of be steeped in what was awesome about last week. You know, I had this great meeting or I solved this problem or we had this result. Um, so you, you have that happen. You kind of do a little after action review, what worked, what didn't, what do you want to change? You review your calendar, you identify what we were talking about earlier, your big three objectives for the week. So you go into Monday morning know, knowing exactly what you need to accomplish in the coming week, which is so helpful. And then we just added this uh, when we came out with our new lines this fall, the self-care planner. I am loving this. This is the last section in that weekly preview where you identify, okay, what do I need to focus on in the just like really basic areas of my self-care? You know, sleep, eat, move, connect, and relax. What do I want to do there? And it can be so simple, but I don't know about you. I got to kind of keep that top of mind. Oh yeah. Or it falls off. Oh you know? yeah. So <laughs> I really use that every week. Um, and then there are the day pages. So that's where you're going to identify your big three for the day. You're going to kind of write the appointments that you have and any other smaller to-dos. Um, and then there's that quarterly preview that we talked about earlier, just kind of reevaluating everything as you head into a new quarter. But um, again, it's that connection between your annual goals and your daily actions to keep you focused so you're making progress. Yeah. And I even went to, with the quarterly preview, I actually used it um, recently as we were getting into Q4 and discovered something that I didn't even realize was happening with hmm. basically, I was kind of taking one of my quarterly reviews that I do as I look at all of our different product and service lines. And then I look at their revenue streams. Right. And I just want to make sure that like, what is, you know, how much time are we spending on right. these things and what kind of revenue are they actually generating for the business? Mm -hmm. And we noticed that there was something that was taking a lot of time yep. that was like a bottom three revenue stream. And yeah. we were like, why are we spending all mm -hmm. of this time on something that really isn't generating revenue to the level that these other streams are? I mean, we could have all of this extra time to up-level what is already here, or maybe even create right. something that would be more of value. So the quarterly check-in, I love for that because it mm -hmm. holds me accountable to have to remember to check in right. and really look at some of that stuff that I think a lot of times 
you know, if you don't have a CFO who's yeah. like, you know, doing that <laughs> day in and constantly. day out, right. Then it's, you know, that, that really does get put on the solopreneur, the entrepreneur, yes. the leader of the company, the visionary to really kind of do that in the beginning. So that's how I've used it just yeah. recently. With the I love that. Yeah. I think that just kind of highlights the point that the biggest reason people don't hit their goals is because they lose visibility. And so often, you know, if you're a goal setter, you probably set your goals at the beginning of the year, but do you really have kind of almost like an automated way to check in on those goals on a regular basis? And we're going to have you in the full focus planner reviewing those on a weekly basis, you know, so you're not going to lose track of them and you can true them up and make adjustments in your business as you need to, um, to stay on track. Amazing. Well, Megan, I would love to know one more quick question. Um, what does influence mean to you? Hmm. Well, I think the first thing is it means responsibility. You know, when, when you have people that are giving you their attention, that's a stewardship. You know, that's something that I take really seriously. Um, and, and I hope it means that I have the opportunity to speak into people's lives in a way that's going to um, invite them to improve something, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have um, the ability to have that piece that we were talking about, that balance to achieve more, but more of the right things in all areas of their life. Um, but it's not something I take lightly. You know, I think that, uh, it's easy to do that now that there are so many influencers and that's just kind of the currency of business in so many ways, but, um, but it's a a pretty big responsibility. and, And I think about all those little numbers at the top of my Instagram profile, Um, And yours represent real people, real individuals with real problems and real needs um, that we have the gift and the opportunity to serve. Thank you for that. Um, Okay, Megan, where can everyone connect with you? Obviously, all of you listening, you know that I am an Instagram lady and that's where I do all of our connecting. So make sure to connect with her there. And then we have the transcript, of course, at juliesolomon.net if you want to kind of dive into this, if you uh, absorb and love a highlighter like I do and absorb things by reading them, you can get it there. Um, but Megan, please let us know where they, where they can find you in addition to stalking you on Instagram, because that's what we asked them to <laughs> well, do. Well, Instagram is where I mostly am, but you can also go to the fullfocusplanner.com, fullfocusplanner.com slash bold. And that's where you can um, check out the planner line that has recently come out that I've designed that Julie was talking about um, or michaelhyatt.com. And you'll find the podcast and other things there. Awesome. And we'll make sure to add that link into the show notes and then just give us your Instagram handle really quick, even though it's going to be all the things if they're listening in the car. Hyatt Miller and Hyatt is like the hotel, Megan Hyatt Miller. Awesome. Thank you, Megan. It was awesome to finally connect and thanks for walking us through all things goal setting. So fun to be with you. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.